The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Okay, so we'll start this session just settling in for just five minutes or so sitting together. So although, although, although we are in the present moment, the idea or the concept of reflection is very important. So for that purpose, we will uh, use a text that, uh, has, that, is, that we have here, and uh, it's about uh, the renunciation of time. Also, with all what we have uh, discussed today, then we will try to, to see with this text to which extent also it is relevant to our practice and also to which extent also it can be parallel with the Buddhist text. So maybe we can read it and then uh, uh, one person can read. Is there anyone who doesn't have a copy? Okay. So there's some extra copies there I think people might have left and not come back, so it's okay to borrow their copies. And there are extras there too. Anyone else who doesn't have a copy? Everybody has one? Really? Yes. Okay. Anybody else missing any? I think we're okay. Anybody missing either of them, either the the renunciation of time or the suttas? Because we'll probably use both. Okay. Great. So shall we read it aloud? So maybe one person can read read one paragraph. Huh? Then we can reflect while it is being read. We can reflect on the on 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 it. Start. Who, who will start? Start you with the start, first please. paragraph, first line. Yeah. Time is an image of eternity, but it is also a substitute for eternity. The miser whose treasure has been taken from him, it is some of the frozen past which he has lost, past and future man's only riches. The future is a filler of void places. Sometimes the past also plays this part. I used to be, I once did this or that. But there are other cases when affliction makes the thought of happiness intolerable. Then it robs the sufferer of his past. The past and the future hinder the wholesome effect of affliction by providing an unlimited field for imaginary elevation. That is why the renunciation of past and future is the first of all renunciations. The present does not attain finality, nor does the future for it is only what will be present. We do not know this, however, 
If we apply to the present the point of that desire within us which corresponds to finality, it pierces right through to the eternal. That is the use of despair which turns the attention away from the future. When we are disappointed by a pleasure which we have been expecting and which comes, the disappointment is because we were expecting the future. And as soon as it is there, it is present. We want the future to be there without uh, ceasing to be future. This is an absurdity of which eternity alone is the cure. I, time and the cave. To come out of the cave, to be detached, means to cease to make the future our objective. A method of purification to pray to God, not only in secret as far as men are concerned, but with the thought that God does not exist. Piety with regard to the dead, to do everything for what does not exist. The suffering caused by the death of others is due to this pain of a void and of lost equilibrium. Efforts henceforward follow without an object and therefore without a reward. If the imagination makes good this void, debasement. Let the dead bury their dead. And as to our own death, is it not the same? The object and the reward are in the future. Deprivation of the future, void, loss of equilibrium. That is why to philosophize is to learn to die. That is why to pray is like a death. When pain and weariness reach the point of causing a sense of perpetuity to be born in the soul, through contemplating this perpetuity with acceptance and love, we are snatched away into eternity. So that, that text is from the, philosopher, the French philosopher Simone Veil and she, the way she is writing is uh, very condensed and as, as we see it has a lot of uh, kind of uh, somehow not mystical but a very deep implication, huh? uh, very deep uh, I mean an, an aspect of meditation there. Maybe we, are there some uh, passages that uh, 
I mean, I think they are all meaningful. They can all also be explained in, re, in, in regard to what we try to, to, to present with, the, with, the, with the, what we have from the Buddhists. And uh, maybe we can see some kinds of parallels. Like the parallels we find, for example, with uh, the sense of death. To philosophize is to learn to die. And then what is the death, actually? Huh? What is that death? What is the renunciation? What is the time that is being spoken about here? So isn't the time, like in the third, uh, the fourth paragraph, is that not the time that is being created by us? The past and the future in the... Uh, Yes, is, 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 is the, 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 the time that is spoken of here, isn't it the, the subjective time that we are making with the, our projections, our uh, pleasures and things like this? Yes. So then I will just, uh, like the, it's so deep, no? that uh, I will uh, use the text that uh, are printed on the, with the, on the other page. So since she is using the term cave, <coughs> then we see uh, the, the fourth quotation, you know, from the Sutta Nipata, the first page. It's called the cave. Can we also read it? Huh? We have uh, four paragraphs, so maybe four people can read each. Okay. Uh, the man who remains attached to the cave of the body, who is covered with many defilements and plunged into confusion, being of such a kind, he is indeed far from detachment, for sensual pleasures are indeed not easy to abandon in the world. Having desire as their fetter, bound to the pleasures of existence, people are hard to release and indeed cannot be released by others. Desiring what comes after or what went before, longing for these present sensual pleasures or previous ones. Having dispelled longing for both ends, having full, underst having full understood contact, not greedy, not doing that for which he would reproach himself, a wise man does cling to what is seen and heard. Having fully understood perception, a sage should cross over the flood, not clinging to perception, possessions. With barbs pulled out, living vigilantly, does not long for this world or the next. So we may see, we see that uh, actually it is uh, speaking also about a kind of uh, uh, experience, the exp experience of pleasures and also 
uh, what is binding us to existence, right? And also the 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 fact that uh, the present, uh, the, the the present sensual pleasures or what we experience as pleasurable or not unpleasurable is what with, by which we are going to, 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 to construct our past and future and then our own story in regard to that. But uh, uh, I would like to point out the, the, the fourth, uh, the, the, the third one, the number 778, and it's speaking about fully understanding so having fully understood contact so contact here is passa in Pali and contact we, ju- we have just seen in the previous uh, sutta in, number t- in the Majjhimanika 18 no? the, 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 third, uh, the third number, no, number three the third quotation that uh, it's, it is explaining about the dynamic of knowledge, the dynamic of how we perceive the world. Huh? So we see that uh, actually contact, from the contact there is the feeling, and then the feeling that from the feeling there is the perception, and then with the perception there is the thinking, and then there is mental proliferation, and then with these mental proliferations, a creation of past, future, is pr- and present is made out of that experience. So this is a very uh, important uh, point here that we have to fully understand contact. Contact at the sixth sense base. And then contact represents the meeting of the sense base, the sense object, and the consciousness. So it refers to the physical experience and also to the mind that is uh, uh, in, in that process of uh, physical experience and also the pure mental experience itself with the sense uh, door. Yes, so fully understanding contact, this is a key point. That means in the experience itself, we see how these things are coming into existence. We see how we are actually creating the pleasure. So of course, we have definitely things that are pleasurable or unpleasurable, but what we make out of them is the the problem. So the perception in, in in, uh, is conditioned by, by feeling, but also on the other end, uh, the perception also is also conditioning feeling. And then from that, then all these uh, proliferations are, are coming to be. So fully understanding contact by understanding. It's not the renunciation is based by having understood the process. Oh, how is that operating? Oh, actually, am I creating suffering or happiness? So that's why the observation we have with our meditation brings us that wisdom of uh, understanding. So we are understanding experience, first of all. And then the second thing that has to be also fully understood, we see it in the last uh, paragraph there, having fully understood perception. Hmm? And then, then a sage uh, should cross over the flood, not clinging to possessions. So when we fully understand the experience and also the perceptions that is uh, tainting the, 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 the interpretation of the experience, then we can, we can detach ourselves a little bit more from these, uh, these things that keeps us uh, you know, falling into trouble.
No. There we go. Um, so just a question about uh, contact and pleasure in time. So the sense of pleasure to me comes out of the past, ex some past experience. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, so your past perception. It's a conditioned, it's a con you know, my yeah. contact yeah. and then I have Vedna yeah. and it's pleasant. Yeah. Yes. And I yeah. go, oh. Okay, yeah. so that's recognizable. Yes. And then it's also clung to. There's a sort of, of a course. sense of wanting this pleasant experience again. Yes, yes, right? yeah. So, so what are you clinging to? You are not clinging necessarily to the experience. You are clinging to the perception. You are cl clinging to the, the, the representation you made out of it with your perception. Like it both comes together. Yeah, so the perception of pleasure... Yes. In, in relationship to some act or some yes. experience. Yes, yes, right? yeah, yeah, yes. So if yeah. we're able to rest in the present moment without, yeah. if we can let go yes. of this idea yes. of what this experience yes. before gave us, yes. yeah. 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 then there's some freedom maybe that can occur. Yes, of course, and that's the whole idea, huh? is, to, is to get the fully uh, emerged in the experience itself. And then the perspective we get by understanding the dynamic of the things brings us a little bit more of detachment. Mm -hmm. But to be fully present with the experience is not easy. Why? Because it's dukkha. It's, yeah, it's unpleasant. It's unpleasant. <laughs> and I mean, that's why we are just keeping ourselves busy doing all kinds of nice things and then also nice people and then nice food. And we have so much fun in life because we want to enjoy. But the enjoyment is always in relation to somehow escaping the boredom and escaping the, the uneasiness that we have when we are just by ourselves because it's just unpleasant. Huh? We are not so not always happy with the, the way our mind is working, and also we are not so always happy with what we have done or what we are experiencing in our body when we get whole and sick. Huh? So that experience, I mean, the of dukkha makes us, you know, plan and then uh, dream and then you know we just create something that is uh, that is outside of that experience. So that's why this text is very re relevant because she's speaking first of all of the renunciation that we need to have in regard to time. And that time is, is constructed in relation to these experiences. Hmm? So that's the only thing that, that needs to be renounced. We renounce about the past and then the future. And then, just as on our deathbed, we cannot do anything else and then we let go. Right? But this is difficult. Huh? To, to just to think that now we are going to die is not is not an easy process to I mean to 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 contemplate that just after lunch, for example. <laughs> huh? But uh, what it brings to us is a kind of happiness that is different because we stop, you know, uh, we stop fantasizing about what is not there. But uh, the the text also. Um, is uh, representative actually of, of the idea of, uh, of suffering, huh? uh, like the past and the future hinder the wholesome effect of affliction. So she also sees the positive effect 
the positive effects that affliction, dukkha, suffering can bring to us. We have some texts also in Buddhism that what is actually the, 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 the motor or what is uh, the sparkle that will make us practice the path Huh? And very often that motor is facing dukkha. So we are facing a little bit of a problem and then, and then from that honesty that we have in regard to this truth of suffering, then fate occurs. So we get very faithful because we know we, we have accepted what is there. And then also we have seen, okay, we have seen a little bit uh, of the way some, some, some uh, type of things that, that needs to be uh, done in regard to that. But the facing of, uh, affli- of affliction is a source of uh, wisdom. But also this, I mean, there are so many things in the text, right? Yes, so many things. Maybe you can comment on something and then we can connect it to something else in the, in the other uh, page. Like uh, uh, about uh, that renunciation of time. Maybe something that uh, stroke you. This is sort of an odd question maybe, but... Um The attachment to our experiences in the past, because that's what we have more of if we're older, let's say, that we've lived longer. Yeah. We've got more reference to look yes. back and yes. forward, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so, some of the experiences in my own, from my own perspective have been traumatic. You know that have impacted me at very different levels, at deep mm-hmm. levels, yeah, yeah. that I'm still working through through yes. different processes besides just the Buddha's teachings. Yes, you yes. know some somatic yes, experience, different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so some of what comes up sometimes when I read the Buddha's texts, or there's different kinds of ways that he addresses, you know, or just let go, or some of the kind of the pat responses that people give. Um, don't work so much because those experiences have also constructed the self. Yeah. Right? In, yes. in, in ways that at times aren't so helpful. Right? I know that. I, that's why I practice so many years. I keep thinking, I keep chipping away on this process. Mm-hmm. So I guess what I'm trying to ask you maybe or to get a sense of how does one respect the past at the same time in terms of let's say the experiences that those things have those experiences the imprint that they've left the karma the conditions the causes and conditions of this experience how does one um, renounce in some ways a, a significant part of ourselves you know that we're still working yeah. through that's a question i yes. guess yeah so it is important to learn Makes from sense. it is important to to learn from experience huh? and also to to uh, to adjust our actions in relation to that learning also huh? we are learning from history we are learning from the past 
So the past, the stories that we are making out of them, is a source of, uh, of growth, if we use it with knowledge, if we use it to correct or to improve, or, or so we can have an idea, okay, now we can have a, a little bit more, uh, 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 you know, a more complete picture, and then we can take some position, and then somehow direct in a, in a, in a, in a way that will be uh, more convenient for what we want to achieve. But, uh, but the, the final, the, 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 the point where we will be able to liberate ourselves is, is by this identification with the process. That means that first of all, we need to see that as a process. And then to see that, we have to deconstruct that identity. Huh? And then by just taking the identity that we think, that we assume is a self, huh? then, you know, although we can function as an individual huh? and keep our personality, we just see that as an agglomeration of different components. Huh? And then we see that just as a process, just as a, as a process. And then when we look at it really closely, by seeing the causes and the conditions that make that process uh, uh, going, then, uh, then we get detached from it by non-identification we have uh, in regard to that. So, yeah, so first we, we, we learn to, to, to balance ourselves and then to, to learn from you know, conventional reality, like if, if you have a, a if we have a, a conflict with a family member and we just don't see that as a construction, we have to acknowledge the fact that a person has been hurt and then our actions was not so skillful and this is very conventional. And it's important to learn from these uh, encounter with uh, conventional reality. But once, the, once we're able to, to, uh, to come to a, very, to a stable state of mind, which, is, which will enable us to broaden a little bit the perspective by which we will be looking at, at reality, then that reality may start to, to, to change a little bit of... Uh, of uh, the, 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 there will be a shift in our view of that very reality. And then that shift that will happen will, is the only thing that will uh, enable us to disidentify from it. Uh, and then the disidentification from that is the death somehow because we are dying to our personality. We are dying uh, with the, the identification we are making with that. Huh? So we suppose you are doing a lot of good things and then, then you, I mean, you, if we are still thinking in terms of, of self, then that self will always uh, uh, somehow, sometimes create the yes, create the create the burden. No? So, so the death, the death actually refers to the pleasure, even the pleasure of doing good things. Huh? So, the death is in relation to the to the identification we make with uh, with the experience, the reification of the experiencer. Reification of the experience, the reification also of time, huh? and then we make time something in which we are, uh, we are there. Huh? So, so, so this is what needs to be uh, seen in the, in, the, in the Buddhist perspective. So, I wanted to comment on one of the sentences. Um, 
The one I read, actually, um, that is the use of despair, which turns the attention away from the future. So, when I, when I read that sentence, I felt, you know, like if I was trying to turn my attention away from the future, I wouldn't be choosing despair, I would choose something else. So, can you comment a little more on that? Yes, but the, 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 the use of despair, uh, the despair is actually referring to the fact that we drop off the past and the future. So instead of living in the present with this anticipation of pleasure in the future and then also with the pleasure that we had in the past, huh? whereas like a... Like, like, like the fourth paragraph, the past and the future hindered the wholesome effect of affliction by providing an unlimited field of, for imaginary <laughs> ele- elevation. So this is actually the, what is difficult to let go of is the past and the future. Also it's a re- renunciation of time. And then that renunciation of time in regard to the way we experience it brings us a kind of despair. So facing despair by itself turns away, turns the attention away from the future. Like when, suppose we are dying, then it's, it, it is very disparate. I mean, it's just a complete desperation. There is no hope for anything else. And then you cannot do anything. You, you cannot, uh, it's very difficult just to enjoy the life the way you used to, to enjoy it. So there, it's a kind of despair there. So then, at the time of death, we turn the attention away from the future. And then this is an occasion to deepen the quality of the, of the present moment. So that's why the meditation of death is useful as much as it can give us an insight of the value of the quality we have in regard to the present. Hmm? Yes, yes, because the despair uh, uh, breaks, break, breaks, breaks all our hope, so we become hopeless. Also, when we become hopeless, that means we will not expect anything to be rewarded by. Also, so then the future does not is not a source of satisfaction. So, if the future is not a source of satisfaction, we have to find contentment with the present moment, and this is what is happening at our deathbed. I mean, we may hope for the future, but I mean, the, 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 it's not uh, it's not going to happen. Hmm? Yes, please. One, two, three, okay, we're good, thanks. <clears throat> so, um, j- just to highlight this, this aspect of despair, because it can seem like a strange negative emotion to, to bring in, but actually there is wholesome aspect of despair 
that can come up during practice. It's very echoey now. It's really loud. Um, there's a wholesome aspect of despair that can come up on on the path to awakening. So, so that's what we're referring to because there is a point at which the mind sees that the future is going to arise and pass away too. There's nothing to hang on to. And the mind does go into the sense of, oh, there's nothing to hold on to. So it's sense of awakening, a sense of despair that comes up, which then can be held with equanimity. But for that moment, there is a despair of there's nothing to hang on to. And when the mind holds that with equanimity and makes peace with that despair, that's where full full freedom can happen. There, it's okay. There's nothing to hold on to, and it's perfectly fine. That is the human condition. Nothing scares you anymore. Yeah, yeah. Yes, but I like I like also to just to uh, remind us of the the conclusion that she is coming up to in the last the last paragraph when she says that when pain and weariness reach the point of causing a sense of perpetuity to be born in the soul, through contemplating this perpetuity with acceptance and love. That means there is a lot, the quality is there, the quality of letting go, but also the acceptance and the love we have in regard to what is happening. Then we are snatched away into eternity. So that means the, the mind is able to, to expand somehow, not in an eternal perpetuity of the future, but in a depth of, of the present, which is uh, also a synonym for eternity. And with that also I'd like to bring the attention to a similar theme in the uh, fifth paragraph. So at the beginning of the paragraph, present does not attain finality. And this is what we're talking about this in the morning, that sometimes in practice we reify being in the present moment, or, or the present moment so gets so reified. So the present does not attain finality, nor does the future, for it is only what will be present, which again is lovely way to see it, right? The future doesn't, is, is not the promised land either, because at some point the future will become the present, and that is not reified either, it's not only where it's at. We don't know this, she continues, however, we don't know this, however. If we apply to the present, the point of that desire within us which corresponds to finality, it pierces right through to the eternal. And I think this is lovely because um, it's, it's the aspect of Liberation and freedom can only happen in the present moment, not when you're thinking about the future or the past, but when there's absolute clarity of an awareness of, of, um, of mind in the present moment, insight arises. And as she talks about um, applying to the present moment, that desire, that 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 samvega, that desire for liberation, that desire for the timeless, that is what pierces through to the eternal, to freedom, in the present moment. That is quite beautiful. There's a lot of reflection, by the way, in this. If, if you wanted to keep this and just reflect, keep reflecting on the various sentences, it can be pr- very practical, beautiful. 
Can I, um, can I uh, point out something? <laughs> so one of the things that is very interesting to me is the, um, in the third sentence, um, or third paragraph, the future is a filler of void places. Um, the, the idea of these void places and how difficult it is for us to stay in the void, right? To not, to not want to uh, fill it up. Um, seems really important to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And right after that, it's also, sometimes the past also plays this part, I used to be, I once did this or that. It's interesting too, in yeah. both ways. Yeah. I think it, it relates to the, to the aspects of the, the, the 108 currents of craving. Uh-huh. I used to be, I yeah. once this, this, or yeah. I, 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 I. Right. That's uh, the sixth reference we have from Anguttara Nikaya, page 586. Seems like it's seems like it's off. Um, So the desire to be liberated can pierce through to eternity is basically what she's saying. Is that correct? Because I had understood that if you're wanting to be liberated, that's just another desire. But that desire can take you all the way. It's what you say. So, so it's interesting. I'm glad you bring that up. So there is some vega, or this 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 very wholesome desire for awakening. It's very wholesome, but it doesn't come with cravings like I want this. I want it. Oh, it's just ah, oh, it's uplifting. It's an uplifting, and you can feel the difference in your body, the way when you want something, it's tight, but when you're inspired to do something, it just lifts you up, right? The difference. I think think also, like, uh, there is a subtlety, very subtle uh, uh, point here in this very same paragraph, that means the fifth paragraph, and then she says, after saying that the the, the present does not attain finality, So she said that if we apply to the present the point of that desire within us which corresponds to finality, that means the finality is not the future. The finality is not something that will happen in the future. We apply that same desire in the present moment. So that means we are looking, we are willing to just be in that experience of affliction. And then this is where it's going to pierce through eternity. So the same effort, the same kind of uh, motivation will be there, but not by way of projection. Instead, just by way of uh, uh, intensifying our observation of what is happening now. And then we see that uh, it, this is the, the thing, is that uh, it's by refining of our observation of what is happening now that is going to, to bring the liberation. Would you say that the void places is a place of not clinging? The void places? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. This is also a description of Nibbana. Like Nibbana is an absence of object, but the objects that we have constructed with the mind, 
So when the when the mind deconstructs uh, all kinds of objects, then it becomes a, it becomes there is a kind of whiteness, and then 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 the mind shift <coughs> shift, and together with the attitude it has towards that, because there is nothing more to cling, there is nothing more to identify. With. Like maybe also we can like the since we have a lot of uh, references with the with the text the, with the Buddhist uh, text, then we have on the other page the the text number seven the quote number seven from the from the Majjhimanikara, which is called the Badekarata Sutta. So again, you know, it okay. says that, huh? Yes. No, just please, somebody should, I can read it. <coughs> Whoever would like to read it. <laughs> Mike, Mike. Let not a person revive the past or on the future build his hopes. For the past has been left behind and the future has not been reached. Instead, with insight, <laughs> let him see each presently arisen state let him know that and be sure of it, invincibly, unshakably. Today the effort must be made. Tomorrow death may come, who knows? No bargain with mortality can keep him and his hordes away. But one who dwells thus ardently, relentlessly, by day, by night, it is he, the peaceful sage, has said, who has one fortunate so I think the, the text refer, uh, is very similar to the description given in that uh, uh, paragraph of uh, Simonville. That means uh, if we apply to the present the point of that desire within us, which corresponds to finality, that means with the intensity of, uh, of uh, will, the intensity of observation, then we come to the eternal. But here, the same thing uh, is being applied. That means we don't revive the past or the future. We don't build our hopes. And then uh, we see with insight each presently arisen state. And then we, are, uh, we, we stay very uh, stable in regard to what is happening. Huh? So then this is where actually uh, a kind of... Uh, of uh, the door to other uh, aspects of uh, of the mind will manifest themselves huh? because we are seeing the the things just as a process huh? and also we, uh, we 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 get more and more detached from that and definitely we have uh, broken all the hopes and the, the desire for the past and the future so that quality of presence enables us to deepen the understanding of the now. And then this is where that liberation will be happening. Actually, on a practical aspect, I want to pause for a moment. This is such a powerful teaching right here, as poetic as all these suttas are. They're really teaching. So for a moment, I want to invite you, actually. Um, close your eyes, if you would, and reflect. If for a moment it, it were a possible, just for a moment, if it could be possible for just a moment not to revive the past, 
or to build or to future on future build your hopes what does that feel like what do, what kind of a quality is that like if just for one moment you can bring it all back in a moment you can you know revive the past and build hopes in the future but just for one moment just for one moment if you let go of the past and let go of the future what does it feel like what brings what does that bring up for you what does that point to in your lived experience what possibility does that point to Ah, breathe, let that go. You can bring all the past and future back again. It brought peace and eternity. Any other observations? Just throw them out, popcorn style. Any observations? Freedom. Freedom. Contentment. Contentment. Terror. Terror. (laughs) That's welcome too. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. There, there, the feeling that there are no banks on this river. It's all flowing water. Great, great. That is a part of the wholesome despair we're talking about, because you see that. Oh my goodness. That's that's wholesome. It's okay. And when the mind makes peace with that, it's all okay. That's the human condition. It's all okay. Thank you. I have a sort of a beginner's question. Closer. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I have a beginner's question. Sort of. Um, it's the quality that is evoked in me, the, the quality of effort with the words ardently and relentlessly by day, by night, which does not seem to be the quality that you both are talking about. I mean, right away, there's a word in Yiddish, schwitzing. You know, I'm going to really sweat at this and work hard. That may just be the translation, but I'm, I mean, as we do these, this, as we do this process, what is the effort quality? I can jump in, but I'm going to let Bonte. Yes, I think like we, like of course, like it can sound like a war, or it, it, it can sound, it can look like a, a something very intense or <coughs> very. Uh, not letting go of things and then too ardent, but uh, it's just the quality of effort. Huh? So we see that in the path, in the Buddhist path, the Eightfold Path, we see that the factor of effort is very much necessary. Huh? So first we have a kind of uh, gentle effort by way of what should be done and what should not be done. So it's very delicate and also the effort is based on how we are seeing the thing. So if the effort that we have to make is based on understanding, it's much easier, isn't it? Like you are not forced, do this and do that, no. We do this or we do that because we see the advantage, we see very clearly the kind of relationship that is uh, coming together with uh, what has to be done. So. In this case, because the perspective we have on, uh, on, on, on life will be different, then also the attitude will be different, but also the quality of our effort will be uh, different. And also the quality of the, the effort that eventually comes 
to take place is so balanced that we cannot say that it's 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 an effort like it's an effortless effort but it's just the quality of mindfulness that is so much present there with understanding that it keeps awake huh? it keeps ardent and also it's, it doesn't let go. All the time the, the mindfulness, the quality of presence is there. So it is relentless. And then by day, by day and by night, that means you, there is no break. Huh? It's like a marathon also. Like if you are running for a marathon, then it's long. I mean, it's, it's not a sprint of a, of a few, uh, <coughs> of a few uh, meters. Huh? It's something that you have to keep on a long stretch. So the, 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 our uh, spiritual journey is a kind of marathon. That means we have to see that on a long stretch. And then the quality of effort will be by not putting too much and then not by... Uh, stopping. Huh? So it's the middle path of constantly just keeping on uh, that, that uh, quality of, uh, of the mindfulness. So, the, 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 so, so these three aspects of, the, of understanding, that means the view we have on things is very important, and then the view, the perspective we have on things, gives us uh, uh, the quality, gives us the, 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 the possibility to adjust our to adjust our effort in a very appropriate way. And then the mindfulness that is coming together with that will remind us okay, now of the situation and also reminds us of the degree of effort that needs to be applied. But in this case also, like it's a very, type, a very subtle type of uh, uh, effort that is there because it, spe- it, it speaks of, uh, you know, the person is not uh, uh, fighting anymore with these uh, big uh, issues of past and, and future. The, the person has already renounced the past and the future by way of uh, anticipation and dreams and fantasies. Huh? So the effort is just the effort of being in the present, in the present moment and then with understanding what is happening. I think that um, it would be interesting to hear you talk about why it's so important to have understanding of what's happening in the present moment. Why it is important? Mm-hmm. Because, because we are not fools. Huh? So we, have, we are growing when we are understanding something. It's the whole purpose of education. So, so understanding on the path is, uh, is number one. So whatever we are doing, if we don't understand it, if we don't understand why we are doing it, how we can do it, all the different ways we can handle it, and huh? if we don't understand that, then our uh, uh, application, our involvement in that will not, uh, will, will not be complete. Huh? So the wisdom is, is, is that possibility of seeing, okay, to, 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 to have the whole picture. Huh? Yeah, like that, so. that it is when you, it is complete when it is seen fully and understood fully. Yes, exactly. And also the more, the more we practice, the more also our understanding ripens and then the more the balance comes to be established. And then at some point the balance is so uh, much established that it gives us the, 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 the attitude that will bring uh, liberation. I think it's uh, just a comment about, um, you know, there's that poem, it's that wait without hope, because hope would be hope for the wrong thing. So I think it's the same thing. It, 
it brings you into the future hope and so that where the real liberation and freedom is going to come in the present and um, so I'm thinking you know is there any way you know to work with hope though because I mean you know I I mean I understand this but I was thinking you know I I, I guess I I work as a nurse sometimes I'm thinking I want to give people some hope or something there's something in a bad situation and so sometimes I I really watch what I say, but you know what I mean. I'm, I don't. I you know, I see they are having hope, and I'm like, yeah, you know, go for that, you know. But uh, but you know, it's some part of me. So I'm just always wondering about I that. I think I think it's the question of psych- it's, it's a, psych- a question of psychology or pedagogy. Huh? So maybe you can say something about it. But sure. I will say, but 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 it's just that. Like uh, we need to be motivated. So if we get completely despaired, completely discouraged, then I mean you just drop off, and then there is nothing that is worth doing, and then you 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 go, you fall into depression. So uh, hope is very much important. But the hope, we are using the hope, huh? and also so you have, we have some meditation that are combined with that aspect of uh, positive uh, uh, well-being, huh? mental health. And it, it is important. So if we don't have any hopes or any kind of uh, uh, nice perspective, which can include somehow hopes, then, then we, we, we don't have... It, it, it's, uh, it's kind of meaningless. So we need a meaning. Huh? In life we need a meaning, and then the meaning will be based on some hopes. But the hopes that we, that we will develop will get more refined and refined. So if we have a good hope, the hope, like okay, now you are now the hope that you may have as a nurse towards a patient is very good because it's helping you and also the person. I mean, the, you, it, it's helping you to, to to find meaning in what you are doing because you are for the improvement of of the patient. So you get very happy because you think, oh, now she is suffering, and then in a week or so, then she will get better, and then you so you have hope. So it, it gives you a kind of confidence, and then also if you know you 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 tell the person who is sick to have some kind of hope, then at least the, the, the person is confident and also has the, the proper attitude. But eventually, eventually, all the hopes, the false hopes, have to be deconstructed. Uh, and then we, they have to be abandoned. But you, you, it, should, it should not be done right from the beginning because you, you get into depression. Uh, so eventually, the hopes are hopeless. Or, or it's a kind of uh, thing that uh, stops you hoping for something that will happen, and then the hope actually is uh, is uh, will be combined with the motivation that you have, and then, as the text says, the motivation will not be in regard to the future, but the motivation will be in regard to the now. <coughs> also, the desire that we will that we add in some kinds of hope related to the future, that energy will be applied in the present. So, so then, then that quality would be there, huh? and then it would be a little bit different. And then also, the hopes also will 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 will, will get a different, uh, uh, different. They will have a different uh, uh, outlooks. In reference to what Tanya was asking, um, so you were saying that understanding brings us into can bring us into balance, and then we know how to work with effort. 
Could you, I mean, I, I understood you to say that. Yes, yes. Could you elaborate a little bit? Like uh, understanding will, will, uh, will give us the right perspective in regard to a situation, uh, a complete perspective. So we'll see, we'll have the complete picture. And then, then that understanding of a complete uh, story or a, a complete uh, uh, happening mm. will give us also uh, the strategies or the means to correct it. I see, okay. I'll because because we, we, we see all the different alternatives yeah. and also we see the different conditions that need that, that needs to be put uh, in order to change the, the, the situation if we want it to change. And that's the balance. Yes, that, then the balance will, 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 will be coming there. Huh? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes, because we will know how to apply also like the means, the strategy that we will adopt to, to change the situation with this perspective We'll have to imply, we'll have to involve a certain degree of effort. Huh? But if we know really the whole thing, then the effort would just be the right effort. Like we do any work, like you know, a screw or something like this, if we don't have the proper effort, but also the proper effort that is able to see the whole thing, then, then the effort is going to be uh, a little bit unbalanced. So the, the balance here can also refer to the to the to the, the, the you know the the, the the aspect of effort too much or not enough. So to, to yeah. highlight that, I was going to offer um, a, uh, a a practical example of something that I actually share with someone. Um, so at lunch, uh, the the invitation was to look at your, um, your relationship with time over the period of lunch to see how you're relating to time and how, how it feels. So, so one thing that I noticed while I was eating my lunch was that I was rushing. I was eating really fast as if there was very little time left because I need to discuss with Bonte, the program for the afternoon. And then the moment clear seeing, because I remembered, oh, I asked everyone to to investigate their relationship to time. So that investigation came up for me, like, oh, what is my relationship to time right now? Oh, I'm in a rush. I'm eating really fast. I'm really rushing. There's this tightness in my, in my chest, like, quick, quick, eat. The moment I clearly saw that, the rushing went away. I still ate fast, but there was no rush. So there was speed, but without that tightness of, oh, there is not enough time. So that clear seeing then invites the right amount of effort to, for whatever needs to happen. And the right amount of effort in this case was very little because the moment it was seen, it, it, it just got dropped. The tightness got dropped on its own. But it was that clear moment of clear seeing that, that made it happen. It, it switched it. Sure. Shall we continue with the other? If anyone would would read number eight, which is quite relevant. Let, let go of the past, let go of the future, let go of the present. Gone beyond becoming, with the mind released in every way, you do not again undergo birth and old age. What what is striking here is that uh, not only we not only we let go of the future and, and and the past, but we also need to let go of the present. 
No. <laughs> That's a radical teaching. <laughs> yeah, so the, the, the present, like if we relate it to just the previous text, uh, the, 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 the quote number seven, uh, it, 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 it's, it is that, uh, uh, that uh, like it, it speaks about letting go of the past or the future, not build our hopes, and then, uh, then with insight, let him see each presently arisen state. Let him know that and be sure of it, invincibly, unshakably. So when we are looking at each presently arisen state, then we see that this is just a process. So the present, described in the Buddhist philosophy, is present, but it's not as soon as it, as it is perceived, it's not there anymore. So it's always a, in a process of constant change. So the, 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 the experience we have with the insight meditation shows us that uh, everything that is arising, as soon as it uh, arises, it, uh, it, it just disappears almost at the same time. So, when, so uh, seeing like that, then also we seeing like that the present, huh? then we also let go of it. Because what is bringing us the letting go of the past, future, and present, which is the time, is the actually letting go of the reification we make out of it. So we let go of, uh, of the concepts that are attributed to the experience. We let go also of the identification we are making towards the experience. And then we stop, you know, the, the becoming. So we go beyond the becoming. So the becoming is still the process. And then the life itself, we are, it's not a being, it's just becoming. So the life is, itself is a constant movement. But the problem is that uh, the movement is conditioned. If the problem is that if the movement is conditioned by craving, then... Then, then this is the difficulty that, uh, that uh, we come across. And then this is also the meaning of uh, becoming is actually when we become with the motivation, when the motivation is, uh, is craving. Uh, so uh, then the craving also is related to the, 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 the becoming and then the, the, the becoming of the individual. So by seeing the things as they are, just as a process, then we let go of the craving we have towards them, and also then it stops, it, stops, it, it stops us from being attached to this process of becoming. And then we, the, the mind is released uh, in every way. And then we do, do, do not again undergo birth and old age, simply because we don't identify anymore with that process of aging and, and being born, which is actually happening every moment. So actually, the letting go of the present, I think, is particularly important instruction. Because as we were talking about earlier this morning, I'm reminded of, um, of the guided meditation I suggested at the beginning. And, and Sylvie, what you brought in, you notice, oh, you're holding on to the present moment. And a lot <coughs> of times we do that. We hold on to, oh, don't make it change, don't make it change. Um, not realizing that. 
Um, and when we allow, we, we hold the present moment also with an open hand instead of grasping to it, uh, there's a sense of ease and peace that comes with whatever is happening right now will too pass and, and not to cling to it. So does time become irrelevant then? It's like there's no time and space. I mean, there's in space. There's time becomes of no well, it's interesting to say something about that. So, so actually, that's a nice segue to, to as we've been talking about the eternal or about not um, it, the, the the timeless or the deathless or nibbana or freedom. Um, it is a segue. It's an opening. It's a doorway to that, to that ease, to that freedom. Not that subjective time stops, but what is time anyway? Right. What is time anyway? That feeling of, of, of peace and freedom, um, and the timeless, the, the the infiniteness, the sacred that can be experienced and reached and touched into, through the present moment. Into the timeless. It's the doorway. It's the only doorway. question for Bante. You are talking about becoming and um, I'm still not quite clear on it's not exactly the difference between being and becoming but I'm not quite clear uh, about wanting to do something and be something um, Like some part of it is good, and the not wanting things to be different. Like you know, I, I guess the kind of feeling that I have is when I'm kind of hanging out in the Buddhist crowd, kind of like, oh, like you know, achievement is bad, kind of thing, you know. But I I get pleasure from achieving, um, or I I I won't become. I'm putting all this effort to accomplish something that. Um, you know, gives me meaning, makes me happy. But kind of like, what? what's wrong with that? Why are people saying, kind of like, why is this no achieving kind of thing in Buddhism? Can you explain that a little more? Yes, I don't think, <clears throat> I don't think the achievement is kind of important. And it's, they speak about attainment and there is a kind of motivation that we need to, to, to incorporate in our living. Uh, so whether it's a worldly type of goal that we are putting uh, as the meaning of our life or whether it's a spiritual goal that we are putting uh, in front of it, the, 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 the motivation that will uh, make us walk on that is what is more important. So it's difficult to have a motivation if we don't have a theoretical place where we want to go. Right? But the achievement itself... Uh, what is the achievement refers to? Does the achievement 
refers to the salary you will get, the recognition, social recognition you will have out of it, or the satisfaction that you will personally have in regard to what you have done. If it refers only to the personal satisfaction that you, have, that you will get from your actions, then it's very much necessary. No? And then that achievement, which is just purely subjective and in regard to yourself, will give you happiness and will also give you a, a contentment because, because in life we need to have a perspective and then to say, okay, now in my life I would like to have done this and then to have done that and then we, we try to do it and then we, we are motivated by that. Our aims can change, but the motivation we have in regard to what we can do is very important. But also we will make the, the goal, not only external goal, huh, based on, on, on achievements of, uh, of, uh, of social things or, or recognitions or achievement, ach achievement as such, but also the effect that these achievements uh, will bring to our mind. So actually, we have to start to, to wrap up because we only have a few more minutes. So I wanted to, to bring it to a close now because we only have a few more minutes. And what I would like to invite you, um, and we can talk more afterwards, but to, to bring it to a close, we've had a full day of discussing and conversing and, and um, reflecting about time. So I want to invite you just for one moment um, to reflect what, what have you learned today, either from what you've heard, a conversation with others in groups, just one thing that you're taking home in your practice to, to your daily life in a very practical way that you can really implement, work with, practice with. Just come up with one thing. There could be more, but just allow something to come up. And turn to someone next to you if you can. And just share that very briefly. It's just 30 seconds. It's going to be just one word. Just one word. It's going to be very quick. Just have a minute for it. Just turn around to someone and just tell them briefly. Okay, and, and, and now switch. Let the other one let the other person share with you briefly what they're taking home. Exactly. Okay. All right. Let's let's come to the big group now. And and if you would be so kind to just share very briefly, just just like thirty seconds or just one sentence, or or maybe you can just shout out the words. What what are you taking home in terms of practice, practical practice for your life? Nourish the desire to be present. Thank you.
the relationship between craving and time, that if there is no craving, there is no time. Yeah, great, thank you. That, that, that is pretty profound. I'm glad somebody brought that up. And to sit with that, great. What else? Shifting what you know of the present. Shifting what you know of the present. Shifting that energy. What what do you know into the present? Shifting into it. Okay, great. Well, just trying to practice up to that state of despair. <laughs> Practicing up to that state of despair. <laughs> Okay, great. Practicing up to that state of wholesome despair, wholesome disenchantment that arises. Great. What else? Nibbida. The ground has shifted. The ground has shifted. At first I thought transformative. No, that's too radical. It's just that there's... Something Something has changed. Something has shifted for you. You shift. Lovely. Right. What else? Yeah, well, the fourth noble truth, being in alignment with time. Uh, being in alignment with time, being in alignment with the eightfold noble path makes suffering cease and, and gives an eternal quality to time, the timeless. Yeah. What else? Let, let's hear one more. Abandon all hope ye who enter here. <laughs> Abandon all hope ye who enter here. And in the other one, shout out. This is rich. Yes, please. Ah, new sense of immediacy, immediacy and palpability of time as a lived experience. Lovely. That's a great place to end the day. Because if that has been achieved for, for one person, then our work is done. It's really about that. The immediacy, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm setting the bar kind of low. So there, we, but, but for, I, I appreciate all the things that we share. To, to re, what she said was, I'll try to repeat it. Really, a sense of the palpability and the immediacy of the present of the, um, of the the. Um, you said it so beautiful. Time as a lived experience, really. Time as a lived experience. That's that practicality. I love that. I want to write that down. Time as a lived experience. So really appreciate all your um, practice today. Really all your valiant effort. Your effortless effort or your effortful effort, whatever it was. Um, It's been a rich day. So Bhante, I'll give you the last words. I think we all came with uh, different reflections, but uh, uh, there are a lot of similarities with with all of them. And... uh, I think it was a rich day, so, <laughs> so so it was nice to meditate together. Yeah, thank you all for your practice. So we'll take one last moment to to and, and I'll get to that to 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 dedicate the 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 merit of our practice together. So.